3: Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. Okay,
2: losers. We're not talking about you, Nathan. I know. I know. And welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Cast. My name is Dan Sanio. You can find me on Twitter at FFDynastyDan. And join with me is the also lovely Nathan Powell. Nathan, how's it going tonight?
1: Nathan Powell in the house! <laughs> Sorry, That's just the energy that exudes as I am now eight days away from the school year being over. So uh, as my fantasy takes and rookie draft takes are coming school year is ending
2: and and you say uh, nathan powell in the house but you are in fact not in the house all right
1: are, is this going to be like the weekly update is nathan's <laughs> pro mcdonald's yes nathan is at mcdonald's until july probably so that's where we're at
2: it's all right right, we'll, we'll make do the people need you i need you so we just gotta we gotta roll with the punches for now um tonight or whenever you're listening it could be the morning it could be midday at lunch who knows uh, but for this episode morning. it could be yeah you never know Uh this episode we are going to be talking about some veteran winners and losers from the nfl draft post-mortem so we will see uh and chat about some folks who won and lost based on what happened in the nfl draft but before we get to that um We just got to talk to you uh, you listeners here just for a second, because your time is running out on that 30% discount for the NFL pass. Uh, If you're quick, though, you can still get that discount through the NFL podcast homepage. That's rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. This offer is the earlier bird special. Um, So it's only available until midnight on May the 20th. Once we get beyond that, it's going down to 10% of a discount. So it's 30 now. Make sure you get in before May 20th at midnight. Uh, otherwise, after that, it goes down to 10% discount. So get in there now. Uh, don't miss out on this great bargain. 30% off is is huge. Uh, so it's, it's limited time, and the season's almost here. Obviously, we're getting closer and closer. So make sure you're ready. Get uh, Get everything you need. Get the unlimited access for the NFL content and tools. Um, again, that's rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. So yes, one more time, it's going from 30% down to 10% on May the 20th. So if you were planning on getting a rotoviz, you know, using a rotoviz and all the apps and stuff, or, and you wanted to help support the podcast, get in there now at 30% off. It's your best time to buy. It's your biggest discount of the year. It's not going to get any cheaper. Okay. So now that we've got that, and you are all uh, subscribed to rotaviz.com. And again, we appreciate it. Let's talk about the winners. Uh, we'll, let's talk winners first. We'll go winners and losers. But this uh, first portion is going to be winners. So when you think that's NFL... Better, yeah. Veterans,
1: to be clear. this is the veterans. Yes.
2: yes, veterans. So uh, obviously not rookies who won because of landing spot or anything like that. We are specifically talking about anyone that's been in the league for more than one season. So, winners... We're thinking, you know, if anybody gets drafted in the first what couple of rounds, maybe three rounds, that directly affects your your stock, that's probably not good for you. So these guys avoided potential disaster. They their teams decided to go in other directions. So we'll start out with Lamar Miller, Houston Texans, a uh, favorite plotter of mine. I think I've been on the Lamar Miller train. I mean, every year since NAM. So I, <laughs> I maybe, maybe I'm a little bit biased to speak on this one, but Nathan, Houston Texans somehow avoided picking a running back after everyone thought Lamar Miller was up and dead. But here we are. He's still the RB1 on the depth chart. They haven't added anybody. What are we doing here?
1: Yeah. The, the impending doom of Lamar Miller and his dynasty value has been a topic right before the NFL draft every single season. Up until, I mean, ever since he's got to tex- Texans, basically. And we did have that one year where they went out to Foreman, but he's always been terrible or hurt. So this year they did not invest a draft pick at the running back position. They did, however, uh, pick up Demarie Crockett of Texas A&M uh, as an undrafted free agent. Some guys like Evan Silva are a big fan of his. But it's still not enough of an investment to really ding the dynasty value of Lamar Miller. So he's the big winner here. The, the Texans aren't really talked about as a team that, could be one of the best offenses in the NFL, but they certainly could be. You know, you have Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, Kiki Cootsie, Will Fuller. When it's healthy and when they're, you know, using their passing game effectively, the Texans could be a top five, top six offense in the NFL. And with that becomes a productive RB1, which is Lamar Miller. So I've, I've been hesitant to invest in Lamar Miller in past years, and I probably still won't invest now. But you can't really deny that he, he was a winner coming out of, uh, of the draft.
2: Oh, absolutely! And when you talk about that offense, and and when everyone's healthy, the big key there obviously is Deshaun Watson. If he's healthy and he's you know he's getting out of the pocket, and moving around and scrambling, that makes those running backs much more effective because now you have to account for one more weapon. So, uh, as we've seen in all sorts of other places with mobile quarterbacks, it's it's really important for the running back uh, because if you have someone like. I mean, I'm just a stationary guy. You can kind of call out those run plays as they're coming, but with Deshaun Watson or, you know, guys like Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen and all of these other guys that are a little bit more mobile. It's a little bit more difficult for defenses to recognize what's happening. So with a healthy Deshaun Watson and healthy wide receivers, I mean, you're looking at easily an a RB2-type season from Lamar Miller, and it could even be higher if this offense does stay healthy all year and – you know, maybe their defense gets better. Offense can rely on the run a little bit more. And, and I mean, we know that Lamar can take on the carries. Obviously, he's not going to going to blow the doors off anybody. But I mean, the touches are there and he's really, really cheap right now. So uh, if you're not buying or haven't been, I would start before a lot of it starts to catch up. We see a lot of these um, best ball, you know, MFL 10s and stuff coming out right now. And he's still going like seventh, eighth round and a lot of that stuff. And that's way too late in that format. Obviously we're talking dynasty here and people just aren't, still aren't on board and he's free running back points. And when you want your running back points is when you're ready to win. So if you have a contender, Lamar Miller should be on your team.
1: Yeah. And you talk about, you know, buying him right now. And I feel like he's a very easy and cheap buy to have. I feel like once the the top few running backs are off the board, once you're into that Damian Harris, Daryl Henderson range, they're, those are both speculative ads, guys, that you know, things have to happen in order for them to get production. You can get production right now by trading that pick, the equivalent of like you know the 112 to 203 range. You can easily get Lamar Miller. You might even get something on top of Lamar Miller for that pick where, you're, where you would have gotten more of a speculative ad RB in the place of Lamar Miller, who is a definitive going to be getting points this year
2: right and and obviously making a move like that's probably a little bit more short sighted. interest trying to get those wins in but obviously you earned that 111 or 112. so if you're picking right there that's probably not you could use your picks in a lot worse of way obviously everybody right now has the rookie fever and they want to get all these fresh faces and everything but if you have been winning and you want to continue to win it doesn't get much easier than than going and you know making a late first or maybe you trade back in an early second in there and then trade that for lamar miller so I'm all on board for that. Um, next up on our winners uh, board here, we've got Jimmy Garoppolo, quarterback, San Francisco 49ers. And maybe they could have added somebody. I think Nick Mullins is still there as a backup. Obviously, bringing in Debo Samuel is huge. Um, retaining Dante Pettis and George Kittle and adding Tevin Coleman and uh, Jarek McKinnon, hopefully healthy. That's And third-round pick Jayon Hurd. Yes, I I mean, it's, I I don't, there's a lot of explosive players and and playmakers coming in to San Francisco. And and with all the hype from Jimmy G moving on from New England and not, we haven't really been able to see him uh, as much as obviously we would want to. And if he stays healthy this year with all those weapons in a Shanahan offense, you have to imagine we're looking at a QB one season, right? Like top 12 overall, obviously not the QB one
1: yeah i think that the the draft was very kind of grapple he wasn't on the spectrum of avoiding getting you know replaced by a draft traffic he's on the spectrum of you had two wide receivers on day two of the draft getting added the development of of dante pettis it, it, there's you know the the future is looking bright for that offense some weapons in the backfield as well so uh jimmy grapple is a big winner for me for from from the nfl draft i think that you know he he gets in he I'd say before the draft, he probably was looking at the upside of like QB, like 14 to 16 range. But I think you do bump it up to like the 9 to 12 range. And then it even rise, raises his floor from maybe like a low QB2 to more of a mid QB2.
2: Definitely. Definitely. Uh, and I think uh, as all those pieces kind of come into their own, I think we see that offense really start to turn it on. And maybe year two or three from now, and and really starts to be just an explosive offense. How we are kind of used to those Shanahan type offenses being. So yeah, I'm really on board with with Garoppolo here as a winner. I think his price is still a little bit uh, a little bit below where it should be. And adding pieces and and hopefully being healthy, uh, I think he's a pretty decent buy right now. I wouldn't say he's an overwhelming buy, but I, I still think there's a little bit of buffer room there to to get um, some free value.
1: Here's an interesting uh, juxtaposition. Garoppolo or Haskins?
2: Oh, I'd take Garoppolo.
1: Ooh, Better I, offense. I, I think it's close. I, I think I lean Haskins just because I think that the upside is a little bit higher with him. But I think for the, from the immediate production perspective, it should be Garoppolo.
2: Definitely. That I can agree with. Okay, um, player number three on our winners list and... I think his winning started a little bit earlier on the offseason, and then it, he just kind of kept going after the draft. And we are, of course, talking about Aaron Jones running back Green Bay. His winning started when they decided to fire Mike McCarthy, and his winning kept happening when they didn't bring anyone to really threaten touches. Uh, obviously, Jamal Williams is still there, but you know, as as much as I love him coming out of college, I think we can all agree that he's... He's not the guy. <laughs> and I'm not entirely convinced that that uh, the Packers will do right by Aaron Jones. But, I mean, the writing's kind of on the wall. And it's pretty clear that offense is more explosive when he's out there and on the field. And whether he's getting a carry or catching the ball, uh, Rodgers seems to prefer him as well. So it's, it's hard to argue with uh, Aaron Jones being a winner here. And honestly, his value is still pretty darn low because of the way the Packers have treated him. Nathan, are we are we like in full buy mode for Aaron Jones right now? Uh, a,
1: a little bit. I, I think that I'm growing more optimistic as the offseason goes on. I was another guy who thought that he might get replaced with a higher-end draft pick. They ended up drafting Dexter Williams in the fifth round. Dexter Williams is not the type of player that I think is going to threaten workhorse carries from Aaron Jones. He's purely a third down back, a, a passing down back who's not going to be taking, you know, touches away from Aaron Jones too much. And uh, one, like, spin zone I did see from a Packers fan, one that he, he didn't like the Dexter, Dexter Williams pick. And the reason why is he thinks that the investment in Dexter Williams actually makes it less likely – that they invest in running back in 2020 with the great 20, 2020 running back class so that particular fan does want a 2020 running back but he thinks with the pick of dexter williams making it you know three running backs in however many years that they're less likely to invest next year and if they're less likely to invest next year that's some long-term value for aaron jones
2: definitely you know you got your bruiser and jamal williams you've got your your number one and aaron jones and then you got your pass catcher and dexter williams so I can't argue with with the thought. uh, Well, I I think it's a good thing that they took a guy in the fifth that can do some things. Obviously, like you said, he's not going to threaten for any of those high end touches. But it it, you know, if it keeps your guys fresh, it makes a lot of sense. And I think Dexter Williams is an okay player. I don't think he's great by any means. But when you're playing with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he can elevate anybody um, to at least be usable. So um, I think, I think if you believe in windows, I think the three-year window is big for Aaron Jones. I think you definitely can get some decent production out of him the next few. Uh, I'm not sure he's long for the NFL, but again, a lot of time, a lot of guys talk about these windows and, and winning now. And when you want your running backs, like I mentioned earlier, is when they're scoring their points. So uh, obviously, you know, we only can guess how long a career is going to be, but trying to get in the prime or in the heart of it is is obviously ideal so i think right now is the time to have aaron jones um and maybe move out after next year and at that point you know we'll see maybe maybe he explodes this year maybe he comes on and he puts out uh, you know a top 10 or top 15 performance and the packers fall in love with him sign him to an extension blah 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 i don't think that'll happen but maybe i just feel like now is the time to have aaron jones rather than wait to see what's going to happen
1: all right, let's move on to our next one, and it's going to be Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think all three of us, you, I, and Eric, were big fans of the wide receiver additions in Baltimore for both the receivers and Lamar Jackson, and I, I think that it's a huge boost because it, it signals, hey, we're not just going to be the team that runs the ball 40 times a game. We're, in, we're, at, we're giving our young quarterbacks some weapons. He's going to pass the ball this the way that we know we have to win games in, t- in 2019 and beyond. So they added Marquise Brown in the first, Miles Boykin in the third, both wide receivers that I liked at those price tags. And I just think that this is a big win for, for Lamar. He's going to have that rushing floor no matter what, no matter who his receivers are. But, I mean, the Marquise Brown and Boykin, they open up the offense a little bit so that he could have some room to run. You know, they when, when you have a stacked box, there's no way he's going to be able to pick up that third and seven on a run because they know – Oh, he's going to run on that third and seven so you spread the ball out a little bit and then that gives him more room to run adds to that upside as well as the fact that he's just going to be able to pass the ball with better weapons
2: right and and we heard so much about oh they didn't let him throw or they didn't trust him to throw or you know all of these different things first of all they didn't have anybody to throw to or anybody that was playing very well yes they had crabtree and and john brown but I mean, at that point, those guys weren't really all that great at the time. They weren't, you know, Smokey had his games. Uh, Crabtree all but gave up because he wasn't in a volume passing offense like he was hoping to have with Joe Flacco. And you got to remember, Lamar Jackson was a rookie. They th- This was a team trying to contend and try to make the playoffs. They weren't going to try to put all of these games on a rookie arm for a guy that's never been in this situation. They, they were trying to win the games, and the best way they knew how was to keep the ball safe and on the ground. That, that, that's it. <laughs> it does nothing to tell us how they feel about Lamar Jackson. All they were trying to do was win games. So I fully believe that Lamar Jackson is, I wouldn't, I'm i not going to say a great passer. He is fully capable as a passer. His ru- his rushing upside is what makes him super like interesting to me as a fantasy asset. But then when you bring in, couple of wide receivers you bring in justice hill that running back room is just kind of whatever but when you have a running quarterback it just it kind of helps everybody and obviously you've got like 19 tight ends that have been drafted in the first three rounds so they've got plenty of blocking plenty plenty of short yardage pass catchers then you add hollywood brown and you add miles boykin again just like you nathan two guys that obviously they they took brown because his medicals were good if his medicals weren't good they weren't going to take him there and then Boykin, a guy who I didn't think was going to last as long as he did, um, that was a steal in my eyes. I think Boykin has all the tools to be really good in the NFL. So they bring in two solid wide receivers that comp. Summer's slipping away, so grab hold of Amazing at California's
0: Great America before it's too late. Buy next year's Season Pass and get unlimited visits this year to experience rides, shows, and attractions. That includes incredible coasters, Boomerang Bay, and an amazing Peanuts-themed kids' area. Get this special offer for as low as 11 payments of $6.50 after an initial payment. Hurry to get the best price on the most fun you can have. Buy your 2020 Season Pass now at cagreatamerica.com.
3: Gap Factory Labor Day Sale is happening now! Hurry in for the best deals of the season—40 to 75 percent off everything, plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from 4.99, logo styles from 16.99, and jeans from 19.99. Shop in store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com.
2: Met each other really nicely, and all of a sudden Lamar Jackson just kind of keeps going up. And the the rushing upside's not going to be as crazy as it was. It's going to be there, but it's not. It's we're not going to see the way they they rushed with him last year. That was literally them trying to win games and, and nothing more. Um, but now we get the upside of his passing, and we saw what he could do in college as a passer. Obviously, the game's a little bit different in the NFL, but we know he can do at least a little bit of it. So, yeah, Lamar Jackson, big winner for me, and hopefully the, uh, the Ravens do right by him and, and you know let him spread his wings a little bit.
1: All right, let's wrap up the veteran draft winners. With the man that was traded on the the second night of the draft, and that's Josh Rosen. Now, certainly, it, it's better than his situation. Had he been splitting a training camp with Kyler Murray, that would have been a mess for both both Josh Rosen's dynasty value, and I'm sure just his future in general. The fact that he is now on a different team, and you know he's going to be the QB one. Yes, you might say Ryan Fitzpatrick may start a couple of games this year, but I would say Josh Rosen is the favorite to be the QB one in Miami. If, if there's a negative from his draft perspective, I mean, in his post-draft perspective, it's that Miami doesn't have the best weapons right now, but they have a, a developing Mike Gusecki. Ken, Kenny Stills is consistently underrated, and Kenyon Drake is, is a solid receiving back. So I, I think that they, there's some room for improvement in year two for the Dolph, with the Dolphins year three overall. It's better than if he was still in the Cardinals.
2: Oh, absolutely. From, from an NFL perspective, he may be the biggest winner out of everybody getting out of Arizona. Obviously them drafting Kyler, it basically became inevitable unless they wanted to have a true quarterback battle in camp and then trade whoever loses, which obviously was never going to happen. Was there better places for him to go than Miami? Probably. But he got to to go someplace that when they wanted him, obviously the, the dolphins played, played their cards. Absolutely. Perfect. For that whole situation to get him as cheap as they did, but I think their weapons are fine. Obviously, nobody jumps off the page like you mentioned. But when you've got Stills, you've got Parker, you've got Albert Wilson, you've got Kenyon Drake, uh, Kalen Ballage or Bellage or the Bellagio Casino, however you want to call it. Miles Gaskin being added, who I think is a little bit underrated. I think they, they have they also kn- added Mark Walton and Mark Walton. Um, so I think I think the running back room is a little bit better than it has been. Uh, probably since Lamar Miller was there um, or the like four healthy games they had of Jay Ajayi. But I mean, I don't think that I don't think the wide receivers and the running backs are going to be quite as bad as a lot of people are thinking. I, I honestly think that that offense could surprise some people, whether it's Fitzpatrick right away or Rosen right away. Uh, I don't know why they wouldn't get Rosen out there uh, unless he's just not coming along in the playbook, but he seems just fine in that area. So I would imagine Fitz is probably going to be relegated to the backup basically day one. And uh, I think we see bright things from Rosen. I think a lot of people started to dislike him, but a lot of people forget that Arizona was absolutely horrendous last year. I I mean, they were, they were one of, that was one of the worst football teams I've seen aside from that, those Owen 16 lions and uh, Browns teams. Outside of that, I mean, they, they were pretty darn awful. So it's definitely, for, like I said before, earlier, right when I started, from an NFL perspective, a real football talk, This is he's probably the biggest winner out of out of anyone we could talk about.
1: All righty. Before we move on to our NFL draft veteran losers, we'll, we'll let you know that Rotovis fans, you can have a brief second to tell you about the good friends of the FFPC, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. It's been 10 years since the FFPC filled their first dynasty league. and Now they've grown to be the world's largest dynasty league commissioner with leagues as high as $5,000 to enter. FFPC leagues are active and competitive and not a single league has ever folded. Brand new dynasty startup leagues are forming right now starting at $77 and up in standard superflex, and best ball formats. FFPC also also has plenty of other great redraft formats, including best ball drafts starting at $35 all the way up to $1,250 entry fee. Both slow and live leagues are filling right now, just launching daily. Get into the action. The FFPC.
2: All right. Get in there. FFPC. Gotta love it. Perfect time of year for some FFPC talk. Uh, I'm doing a couple right now, so, you know, get in there. Okay. Losers. We're not talking about you, Nathan. I know. I know. You kind of jumped out of your seat there, but we're talking about the NFL draft and veteran losers. So, who tops our list? Well, Uh, It's a player that a lot of people think people are overreacting about. And it's a player that a lot of people are overreacting about. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk, of course, about Todd Gurley, the lovely running back for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, With all of the talk of his knee issues, and then all of a sudden the Rams go out and invest in Daryl Henderson. Plus they pick up the option on Malcolm Brown. That's not a lot of signs pointing in the right direction for your fantasy fantasy stock. Now, obviously, they could just be bringing in the, some decent backup to to kind of help Gurley through the regular season so they have him for the playoffs, which that's fine. But that also means that he's not going to be getting all of his touches during the regular season, which is kind of the point. I, I think it's less a, a of a factor for real-life football and more of a factor for fantasy football. I think we see Gurley's touches get... Not necessarily severely limited, but limited enough where we're not gonna see these massive massive games or massive seasons as as a overall RB1. I, I think those days are probably gone, especially if that knee issue is is lingering and, and it doesn't get right, then I mean then it could just be all over at that point. Now I don't think it's gonna go that far. I still think we have a locked in, I would say low-end RB1. And it could be higher than that. I just I worry because Daryl Henderson's a really good running back. They invested in him, and it seems to be pretty clear that they're not 100 percent comfortable with with Gurley being just the guy there.
1: Yeah, I believe Gurley's going around the mid second of startups right now, and with that ADP, there's only two things that can happen: either he is going to be one of the biggest deals we've seen in the last five years, aka the injury is not that big of a deal, and Henderson is purely a backup or he's going to be an all-time bust where he ends up retiring in the next one to two years. So um, I'm, I'm not saying he's going to retire, but I'm also not the type to invest in a running back on the second round, particularly one that has a high volatility to, but to, you know, bust due to injury. So I'm avoiding Gurley. Um, I do think that the third round pick is a high price, high price to pay for a player that you're just pu- as a handcuff uh, as it be, or just, you know, as a backup, so I, I think that the Rams have legitimate long-term concerns for Gurley. But also I think they really like Henderson. Like Henderson pre-draft, some people had him as RB1, RB two. The situation, if Gurley gets hurt, and we talked about this with you know the best case scenario for players. Daryl Henderson has one of the highest best case scenarios in this entire class.
2: Oh, definitely. If you can walk into that offense and even get a small piece of the pie you're going to be relevant. Uh, I mean, we saw what C.J. Anderson could do on limited touches, and then when Gurley was out and he got, kind of just got the full share, it's, you know, I'm, I'm not saying it's apples to apples, but there's not a huge drop-off from what the once elite uh, Todd Gurley to just the next guy. And and like you mentioned, I think a lot of people were pretty high on Daryl Henderson, and I was, I was relatively high on him. And walking into that offense... That's that's just kind of all positive. We talk about receivers going into big places and, and getting with good quarterbacks and whatnot, but getting into that McVeigh offense is that's big time for a running back, especially on day two. That that's imp- that's important.
1: Yep, for sure. All right, let's move on to our next winner. And it is going to be or not winner. We're done with the winners. Losers. The losers. The losers. Honestly, um, gurley has the highest volatility of of the losers. But Jordan Howard was the biggest loser from draft weekend. He was about to walk into a Philly offense who has some nice young potential. Yes, he's entering a contract here, but he was looking at okay, if he plays really well this year, he could get a nice contract from Philadelphia. He's gonna be the RB1 in Philly. He's gonna, you know, destroy the Philly only uses running back committee. And then nope, Philly (laughs) invests a second round pick in Miles Sanders. Uh, that second round pick basically guarantees Jordan Howard is a one and done in Philly and in 2019. So I, I think that Howard has lost nearly all of his uh, long-term value, but definitely all of his uh, short-term
2: value. Yeah. You could have probably put Jordan Howard on the loser list the second that the Tariq Cohen secret got out of the bag. It was just kind of all downhill from, from that point, And, even with the landing spot with the Eagles, I wasn't a big fan of it. Um, I mean, he's a two-down back, and you know, it's not like they had anybody that was gonna gonna take touches from Jordan Howard. Because I'm not saying he's a bad player; he's just he's really only usable on two downs. So, um, bringing in Miles Sanders, who is capable of doing everything, and probably better at it than Jordan Howard, that's not. Great. It's an obvious committee backfield. Uh, I'm guessing we see Horton, Horton, uh, Howard anywhere but there uh, in 2020. And I'm sure he'll find a spot. I'm sure he'll be, you know, he'll he'll land somewhere as you know an RB two in whatever kind of offense, and he'll get touches. But I fear he's not going to be relevant ever again. I think this was always kind of the worry, though, because he wasn't a great pass catcher and. He was good as, as a two-down guy, but the way the NFL has moved into pass first, pass second, pass third, it's, you know, it, these these guys that can't catch the ball are just kind of being shoved aside. So I think he was fine for for what he was at the time, but it's, you know, it's I think that's it for Jordan Howard. And uh, unfortunately, those that bought in in the offseason thinking, you know, oh, wow, Eagles, this is a big time overpaid you you overpaid
1: all right so let's just wrap up jordan howard with yes it sounds like neither of us want him right now let's say we have him on a roster what's the lowest pick you'd take for him
2: <sighs> probably mid-second
1: yeah yeah i mean i think his nfl production means he's worth more than like the 207 208 so maybe maybe around that 205 range where there's still a couple rookies that i might have my eye on so that, that's pretty much where i'm at so that sounds like we're the same place uh let's go to the next one the next uh, running back uh, committee that was destroyed by a fairly early round running back, David, I mean, yeah, David, I was like, his name's not David Montgomery. Yes, it is. His name is David Montgomery. (laughs) David Montgomery goes in the third round to the Chicago Bears. And that kind of uh, majorly hurts the value of Mike Davis and possibly Tariq Cohen in Chicago. Uh, How were Mike Davis never really had much dynasty value to begin with, but how worried are you about Cohen in this David Montgomery world?
2: Um I think I think the signs in early in the offseason were looked like Chicago was trending more towards spreading the ball out throughout their entire offense and getting getting more warm bodies, getting more explosive players and kind of taking full advantage of that Nagy offense. So uh, I think Cohen's been on a little bit of a decline since the beginning um, of the offseason even with Jordan Howard, you know, being shipped out. I still think um, adding Mike Davis, who is just kind of a whatever guy, but can eat touches um, and, and bringing in some other folks. I just, I feel like they weren't fully committed and, and just seemed like they really want to use Cohen as just kind of that gadget guy, which is unfortunate because he looked really good last year when, when he took on that expanded role. Um, but yeah, you bring in Montgomery and boom goes the dynamite, I guess, uh, blow the whole thing up, start over. And um, while I think it's good for, for David Montgomery, uh, I think it it limits his ceiling as well, so I think it's a big shot to Cohen. Um, it basically kills anything that Mike Davis was going to be, and it limits Montgomery a little bit, which is fine. Uh, again, we've, we're seeing the entire NFL go to this running back by committee approach, except for a very very select few. Um, but in those cases, you're talking about elite running back. So, you know, this one, this one, I wouldn't say it was. No one saw it coming. I feel like a lot of people were having running backs mocked to Chicago, especially with the departure of Jordan Howard. And then thankfully we could put the Mike Davis stuff to rest uh, for your sake, Nathan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, again, just another frustrating running back by committee. Uh, It's a place that I'll probably want some piece of the pie, but I definitely won't want all of it. I I feel like it's just going to kind of get annoying. It'll be very game script dependent. And which is probably going to bode better for David Montgomery than it will for Tariq Cohen, which really hurts because of how good that defense is. So I feel like it's just going to take Cohen more out of play. And maybe that even takes Montgomery out of play. And they let Mike Davis just get the, get the work late in games when they're up by 30.
1: Yeah. The way, the way I see this backfield, I think Montgomery's being a little bit overvalued at that 104, 105 slot Tre Cohen I haven't really seen much trades involving him since since the draft, but I'd assume that pretty much he's being valued as a best ball asset now. Not a guy you're going to be wanting to start in weekly leagues outside of very deep formats where you might be starting three or four running backs. Um, but, yeah, D- Davis is all all but done from a dynasty perspective. And uh, Montgomery, he's, he's the RB1, the guy who you want to be starting weekly and who guy who has all the upside in that young offense.
2: Definitely. Um, uh, yeah, he, he's definitely the RB. He's RB one A for sure. And I, the only my only concern is the the passing game upside, um, which we saw could be pretty darn good with Cohen last year in that Nagy offense. Um, okay, next loser, the lovely uh, who I, I I this one I'll probably argue a little bit on full loser um, situation, but. He definitely lost a little bit, and this is Tennessee Titan wide receiver Corey Davis. Titans bring in A.J. Brown, whose real name is Arthur, if you didn't know. I laughed at that. Corey Davis uh, gets hit with the A.J. bomb, and that's not great. It's really good for Marcus Mariota, assuming he's on the field. It's good for the offense. Bad for Corey Davis. Bad for Corey Davis in the sense that a lot of people were thinking he was going to become a wide receiver one. I still think he's a good player. I don't think he's ever going to have the volume to be uh, a true high-end dynasty asset or fantasy football asset for that matter. And in comes AJ Brown, who's probably a lot more quarterback friendly or offense friendly. He makes it a little bit easier for you. Um, not that Davis couldn't do some of the the things on the outside to help with the quarterback, but AJ Brown working across the middle or underneath um, and he can work on the outside too. So uh, I think I think we see an improved Tennessee Titan team. We hope that Marcus Mariota can stay on the field and actually see what he can do with some weapons around him. Because the last time we saw him, he had no one to throw to when he was fully healthy and you know, and then you get the, the weird nerve damage stuff and uh, uh, what did he break his leg or something the first time? So I don't know. I, I think it's, again, this is one of those things where it's good for the offense. It's a, it's a, big thing for the football team um but it hurts for Corey davis and and it was a guy that i was pretty high on coming into the season just because hey we're finally gonna get some reps with marcus Mariota, and and everything just kind of seems to fall apart around around it whether it's uh having to use a backup quarterback or uh drafting aj brown it's it's tough
1: yeah honestly in a normal passing offense and a normal you know normal amount of passing offense this isn't that big of a deal and I guess it's kind of yet to be seen what Matt LaFleur does with that Titans offense but if it's anywhere near the same amount of rushing volume as in previous seasons with Derrick Henry and now Deion Lewis as well then it's definitely a bad thing because you know taking away targets from a run heavy offense is a lot more detrimental and take targets and a pass-heavy offense. So Corey Davis is not going to have the target, or it looks like he won't have the targets he's going to need to be you know, a wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three. So obviously a lot of this kind of depends on the development of A.J. Brown as well. Hopefully that goes a little bit better than Corey Davis has so far. Um, but in general, as someone who still is pretty high on A.J. Brown entering rookie or in rookie draft season, um, I don't love the landing spot, but I am definitely the type of dynasty player that when people don't love the A.J. Brown landing spot, I just smell blood in the water. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a bunch of A.J. Brown.
2: So here's the question then, because I think they're probably in the same realm. Would you rather have Corey Davis or A.J. Brown?
1: Uh, Draft capital or recency bias? I, I think I'd lean Corey Davis, but it's very, very close, which kind of maybe means that, Corey Davis should be valued, you know, as an early first, because that's where I value AJ Brown. But I I, I I would I would doubt someone would be trading a top five pick for Corey Davis right now.
2: I agree. Uh I think as much as as we want to believe, and I, you know, I agree to an extent that he definitely lost in this scenario. I think it's good for his buying window because I don't think that that like he's just not going to be able to produce ever. Uh he very well could move on after this contract. And obviously that's a little bit of time to wait, but you know, he's still going to produce a little bit. It's he's not going to be, he's not going to be league winning. He's not going to be any of that because, like Nathan just said, the offense isn't pass heavy enough. Um, and I mean, it could change, but they're built to run. And you know, having a couple of nice wide receivers on the outside definitely helps Mariota for when they need to pass. But it's going to be a run first offense, in my opinion. And uh, we'll see. We'll see just kind of where everything goes, how healthy everyone is. And like, again, like Nathan just mentioned, if, if A.J. Brown doesn't develop, then this turns into a good thing for Corey Davis. But I feel like he's already pretty polished and ready to go. So we'll, we'll kind of see how everything goes uh, early in the NFL season. I'm guessing the, the targets will, will start in favor of Corey Davis and then slowly trend towards being in favor of A.J. Brown. And shout
1: out to Adam Humphries, who will definitely lead that team in catches.
2: <laughs> it's inevitable, right? It's it's got to happen, and uh, yeah, that that's one hundred percent going to happen. After everyone invests in Corey Davis and AJ Brown, here goes Adam Humphries.
1: All right, let's wrap up our draft winners and losers, losers edition of Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram, the Baltimore Ravens running back, signed the new contract there after leaving New Orleans, and. I, I wouldn't say that he was considered a, a safe guy, someone who was safe from, from the draft um, entering it. But I did think that when they signed him, they are like, okay, he's going to be the focal point of the offense. And then they didn't invest in uh, running back in the first two days. So that is good news for, for Ingram, but many people like justice Hill, uh, justice Hill is a speed back entering that Ravens offense who maybe profiles bet, better with Lamar Jackson than Ingram does. So um it, it's kind of a reach based on you know because he it, he wasn't a top two day pick, but if you like Justice Hill as a player, then Mark Ingram's a big loser.
2: Yeah, and and Justice Hill is is a guy that I like, uh, but I I think I think Ingram's safe year one. Uh, I think it's beyond this year where everything just kind of is either a crapshoot or just a cliff. I think, I think this year we see Justice Hill learn a little bit, maybe get some reps, but the Ravens still have enough guys in that backfield where if everyone's healthy, Hill's probably not going to get a whole bunch of run. But we've got a couple of guys there that just kind of haven't really been all that healthy. You know, Ingram hasn't been the healthiest. Kenneth Dixon obviously hasn't been very healthy. You uh, still have Gus Edwards there who looked to be pretty darn solid throughout last year, but I think he even struggled to stay healthy. So in comes Justice Hill. It kind of throws a wrench into the plans. I they were on my list of teams that were I think more likely to draft a running back, even in this kind of shoddy running back class. Even signing signing Mark Ingram, um, you know he's no spring chicken, and I, I felt like they were just kind of kind of ready to make that type of move. The defense is in a good place where they could kind of surround Lamar Jackson with some talent. We talked about the wide receivers earlier. Now you got a pretty solid running back by committee back there uh at least for year 1 like we mentioned and I think Justice Hill could step into a nice role year 1 it's you know kind of that win now stuff that we were talked about earlier with Lamar Miller uh I I don't think I don't think much changes from Ingram's floor I think his ceiling gets capped pretty well with the addition of Justice Hill and um I guess we go from here but yeah year 1 I think we're okay with Mark Ingram still
1: Now, thinking a bit long-term, if the Justice Hill drafting eliminates the Ravens from being a contender for a 2020 running back, just imagine how pretty Jonathan Taylor and Lamar Jackson offense would have been. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been unbelievable. Yeah, that'd be luscious. But probably not going to happen. What is going to happen is we are going to end this show. Uh, Dan, uh, it's been a pleasure talking veteran NFL draft winners and losers. Uh, Last words for us.
2: It's always a pleasure getting to sit and chat with you for yeah, somewhere around 45 minutes to an hour each and every week. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Make sure you uh, get, leave us a nice rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to our lovely podcast. We appreciate you listening and following along. Make sure you follow us on Twitter uh, on at FF Dynasty Dan. Make sure you follow Nathan at NPowellFF. And our lovely editor, JPeakFF on Twitter. Uh, make sure you guys go follow him, Justin Peak. We love having you. Everything's been wonderful so far. And um, until next time.